0: Amen, and amen, and amen. Well, glad to be in the house. Everybody say, God is good. He's good all the time. All the time. God is good. Mm, 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 mm. Um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. All, all, if you're a father today, stand to your feet i'm just going to tell you today that you are better and more important than maybe you think you are amen i'm telling you today you're better and more important than maybe you think you are god has a plan and a destiny for each one of you i don't care what your age is God has a plan and a destiny for your life. Amen? Amen. Give all these men a hand today. Amen. Amen and amen. So, fathers think about that today and everybody else in the house. If you're a man and you're not a father yet, you will be. Or probably. But... I want to talk today about the Father's heart, our Heavenly Father's heart. I want to talk a little bit today about the Father's heart because I don't, you know, I don't think that, that a lot of people really understand the Father. Um, when my wife... As she was receiving the offering she talked about her her earthly father and what a great example that he was and how easy it was for her to receive from the heavenly father and when you have an example that you can follow uh, it's easier and you know who's to say who's a good father and who's not a good father? I mean, who, where, where, is the, where is the measuring stick for good and bad, if you will? Because I'll just tell you this, I would say that most men think they're bad. They don't measure up. Most, as, as fathers. Most men that are fathers would believe that they don't measure up. And so, what constitutes a good father versus a, a father that's not so good. Um I, I can tell you today I appreciate the gift and I I receive the fact I'm the father of this house and been here over 26 years and I I believe that and, and my heart is in this house and what we're doing here and today in the future and and because my heart is for people. My heart wants to see people receive and grow up and mature and develop. And, um, but as a father, there are a number of things in my life as a father that have not measured up. And I know, and I know what those things are. And if I allowed myself... I could see my future and see things in the natural world be more real if I allowed myself they could be those things in the natural could be more real than my relationship with my heavenly father because everybody's made mistakes everybody's done things that are not right I don't care who you are But there's something about the Father's heart and who He really is that I feel like is missing a lot of times in in people's relationship with others, especially fathers with their children, no matter how old that their children are. One One of the ingredients that I believe is missing is understanding the Father's heart so that we can understand how to relate because many times the mistakes that our parents made if we allow them to they will affect the way that we are parents and even the way we relate to other people how you parent is many times the way that you will your life will affect the the lives of other people around you because. All of us were created to have spiritual children, men and women alike. All of us were created to have spiritual children. God God desires for you to have someone around you that is watching you and growing and developing in their life because of you. I don't care who you are. People say, well, you know, you're the pastor and so that's your job. No, it's not my job. I have a place that God has given me in the kingdom as a pastor, but I'm, I'm a child of God just like you. And our responsibility first and foremost is to be people that are ministers of reconciliation, reconciling people to God, bringing them to a place and a relationship with God because of what we believe individually. And I think what hinders us, what hinders humanity... And we're talking about fathers today. What hinders most people from relationship is not having a relationship with their Heavenly Father. And not even realizing that they can or really what that's like. See, we focus on Jesus and we focus on Him because He he is our Savior. And the Spirit that lived in Him is the same Spirit that we've been born again of. If you're born again, it means you've been born again, you've been born a second time. You were born first time in the flesh, but now you've been born a second time. And in my second birth, my connection is to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. But actually, my connection is with the Father. And I think sometimes that we miss that. And that, and that we've not been given the explanation of what that Father relationship really is and how we tap into it. Because there's, there's ways to the Father. Anybody just say to me what the Scripture says. What, what is the way to the Father? It's through Jesus. Okay? So there is a way to the Father. So we don't stop at Jesus. There's another place. There's another level there's another role in the godhead father son and holy spirit they're three parts but they're one but yet they're three so they have different places but they they're the they're the they're of the same uh creation if you will and it's not even really he's not even really a creation but they're of the they're of the same they're they're linked together and and they're not three heads like a three-headed monster there's three different places and roles that they have and we have to understand that I And mean, i think a lot of times we've missed and we've looked over in the church that role that the father has in our lives i think that's why we struggle in in relationships for a lot of years in my life, in my born-again life, I was, I was born again just a few, two months before I turned 18. I'd never known God or the church or much of anything there and, and as, as a young person, but two months before my 18th birthday, I got born a second time. And, um, and after I got born again, there were a lot of issues in my life that began to surface, and... I I played the blame game in blaming my parents for things in my life. For my dad and, and, and my mom, especially my mom, but my dad also. That they weren't he wasn't there for me and he he worked all the time and he was this and she did this and she left my dad and divorced and did I mean it was blame, 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 boom, bam, 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 bam. See? So I had myself covered. So all the screwy things that I did, I could blame on my parents. See, if they'd have done this, and if they'd have done that, and if, you know, if they would have this, that, and the other, then I wouldn't be as goofy and screwy as I am. Then I'd be normal like everybody else. And see, the devil tells you all the time that you're just a goofball, and everybody else has got it down. I'm telling you today, <laughs> uh, everybody's got a goofy side. A little twisted, a little weird, Right? <laughs> Everybody does. Everybody smile. Everybody's a little screwy. We we say screwy around here, so. Um so would you would you put up that um the 1 Corinthians four fifteen verse, and, and this is in the message Bible. I want to read this to start out with. There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong. But there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. It was as Jesus helped... You know what? Uh, uh, back up to verse 14. Let me see 14 first. I'm not writing all this as a neighborhood scold just to make you feel rotten. I'm writing as a father... To you, my children, I love you and want you to grow up well, not spoiled. This is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong, but there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. And here lies the whole thing. You know, when... when my wife said what she said about her father, I, I, I can just testify to the things in his life that were such an example. They, he was just such an example of, of a person that was the same all the time. didn't matter what was going on, he was always the same. And... and If you didn't have someone like that in your life, God wants you to become that person. See, because people are waiting and and desiring to have men in their lives, fathers in their lives, who will be examples that they can follow after. And if you're a man today... Not, not, I mean fathers, but if you're a man today, God created you to be an example for other people to follow after. No matter what your past has been like, no matter what's back there, He wants you to be an example. And I'm telling you today, in all of our weirdness and screwiness, every one of us have a little stuff twisted and off and this and that and the other. The more we press into the Father and understanding this relationship with the Father as we're talking about today the more things become corrected in us. Because, I'll just tell you this, when you get the blame shift off your life, it's amazing who you can become. When when pride has no control over your life, it's amazing the person that you can become. And that's what I want to share with you just in the next few minutes. Several things that I believe hinder us from being These fathers that he's talking about right here. In the the, uh, New King James version of that verse of Scripture, can you put that up for me, New King James? Um, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers... For in Christ Jesus, Paul's saying this, I have begotten you through the gospel. The verse before that, he's just saying that what his desire is, is that as his spiritual children, that they would grow up. Um, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. Okay? So what Paul's doing is he's taking responsibility for the people around him. You and I are not called. You're not not called to everybody, but there's people around you that need to be able to follow certain things in your life. And, And all God just wants out of you is just to take the challenge. One thing you can be certain of in life is change. So if that's certain, and things are going to change. How many lived in Kerrville for 20 years or more? Lift your hands up high. Anybody around here seen some change in the last 20 years? I've been here for 26 years, and I mean, it doesn't even look like the same town. Well, we got to stop the change. You'll never stop the change. I don't care. I mean, you you can get on city council, and you can get a whole bunch of people on city council, but somehow it's going to change. Somehow it will change. That's one thing that we can depend on is change. So, if things around us are going to change and we're called to change, God just wants you to take the challenge. Hmm? Take the challenge. Take the Lipton dip. <laughs> huh? Take the challenge. Let's take a dive, right? Let's, let's go for the change and let's make a change and challenge and realize my life is not about myself. My life is not about me. See, God's got you covered if you'll be about everybody else. He's got you covered. And as fathers, as fathers, if we'll be about our children and we'll be about spiritual children and people around us, it's amazing what can happen. And this is what God has called us to do. In this this verse, put that, um, the New King James verse up. For though you have 10,000 instructors, that word instructor there in, in the Greek is boy leader or immature leader you have 10 you may have 10,000 immature people immature leaders okay but very few fathers who really want to see you grow up who really want to see people grow up and take the responsibility number 1 of growing up themselves and number 2 of helping others grow up around them and the way you do that is to be solid and dependable and consistent and be who you say you are and be a person of your Word as fathers. And God created us to be that. All He wants us to do is just to take the challenge to make some changes. I don't care how old you are, where you've been in life, it's never too late to change. I heard people say, well, you know, if, if, if someone doesn't change by the time they're 13, they'll never change. <laughs> Garbage. You can change anytime. I don't care what it is. What uh, What's that... that uh, thing we saw on tv the other night where uh no it wasn't on tv where was it gosh i don't know where it was but something i heard about this hundred and something year old man and a hundred and something year old woman that are married and they just bought a new car Did you did you see that with me? No, I was somewhere else. I think it was in Dallas. Yeah, I think I saw it up there. Hundred and something year old man and a hundred and something year old woman, and they bought a new car. Hmm. In other words, they weren't driving their Studebaker. They shifted gears. They made a change. You know what does that mean? They have vision, right? Why would you buy a new car at a hundred and something? Because you have vision to live, right? They made a change when it seemed like there was no reason for change. And you may think that there's no reason for you to, ah, I've I've done this, I've been this way all my life, my parents were this way, everybody's this way, that's my family, that's just the way I am. That's not good enough. That's not God's plan for your life. Change is in the works if you'll allow Him to change you. Okay? So, um, look at James chapter 4. And I want to read, just in the next few minutes, about three passages of Scripture and make my point. James chapter 4, and verse 6. <clears throat> but he gives more grace. One translation says greater grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. And he's talking in these verses of Scripture, he's talking about you, he's talking about me, he's talking about us. He said, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, submit to God, get delivered of pride resist the devil and he'll flee okay keep that thought look at first peter chapter 5 and verse 6 well let's look at verse 5 Says likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For what? Notice here is the same. It's the same quote from the same passage in the Old Testament. God resists the proud, but He gives grace. And I'll just say, based on James four, He gives great grace to the humble. Therefore, duh, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Because think about it. Do, would we want to be in a place where we're being resisted by God? No. So, and it's not like God's in heaven like you know a puppet master just said, "Well, I'm going to resist this one and kick this one out and do bad things." to No, 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 no. The judgment of God is already set up. So when we when we operate in things that are contrary to His word, then we bump up against those kind of things. So we have to understand and, and allow what pride is to be a revelation. I'm telling you, there's something about what I'm sharing with you right now, this revelation of being set free from pride, that if a person gets it and doesn't see pride as something that's, that's a bad thing, It's something that is a real thing that that controls our lives, all of us. I don't care who you are. And that if I'm in pride, I'm being resisted by God. It means I'm not advancing. I'm not moving forward. I'm not moving forward in my destiny in the things that God has promised me. I know what the promises of God are in the Word, but I'm being resisted by God. But He gives great grace. Everybody say great grace. Not just great grace, but great grace to those who... Humble themselves under God. Now notice what this says. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you. Notice not you exalt you, but He exalts you. When? In due time. And how do we humble ourselves? By casting every care upon Him. Why? Because He can handle the things we care about better than we can. I'm going to say it again. God can handle the things that you care about and try to maneuver better than you. So in other, in other words, you don't have to exalt you. You humble yourself under His, notice, His mighty hand. The Bible says that the meekest man in his day, the meekest man on planet earth was Moses in his day. And I'll tell you this. He being the meekest man was not the weakest man. He was the most used man on planet Earth. Why? Because of his meekness and his humility. Did he struggle with it? Yeah. Probably is the reason why it took till he was 80 years old to be used by God for the, you know, the next 40 years of his life. The last 40 years of his life, he walked in meekness and humility and he was the most used man on planet Earth like nobody else. Not exalting himself, just doing what God said. And if you notice in Scripture, there are a lot of things that God said, Well, let my brother do that. No, 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 let Aaron do that. I don't speak well in front of people. Blah 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 blah. I stutter. No, you're gonna talk, you're gonna speak, and you're gonna do it. The meekest man on the earth is not the weakest. People think that meekness is weakness and it's not. Meekness is to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in the power and strength that He gives you in what you do, He exalts you in the time that you can handle it so it's not about you, it's all about Him. See, but yet we get the glory. Did, did you hear me? You said, well, no, 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 we don't, we don't get... No, yeah, no, we get the glory. See, if, if you become something and people are looking at you and being drawn to you, the people... Are giving you glory but when you know that it came from him see and it's all about him and he exalted you at the proper time then that doesn't change you see you're the same person the things that you get exalted into don't change you because you know where it came from and you know you wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him and his father's as father's with our children and with people around us, and and I'm talking about the Father's heart. God wants the Father's heart in you as fathers for your natural children, but he, He wants His heart in you, not just for natural children, but spiritual children and people around you. Because people around you are looking for someone that they can connect with. And listen, there's a lot of heroes and examples that people follow after. It's just, are they the right examples? Are they the godly examples? Well, you know, I don't need to do all that stuff. People follow someone else. You know, They wouldn't follow me for any reason. No, you, you don't realize who would follow you if you're submitted to God and if in your life you're resisting the devil and the devil is fleeing in every area of your life. And then you're able to tell other people, you resist the devil, he'll flee from you as you learn how to submit to God. See, as we submit and come under, then he exalts us over. I'm going to say it again, as we submit under his mighty hand, he exalts us in the proper time to do the things that he wants done in the earth and to accomplish great things. God is not accomplishing anything in the earth, not anything. He's not doing anything on planet earth apart from you and I apart from his people. People say, well, God's in control of the earth. No. No. No, no, no. The God of heaven and the God of the universe is in control of this mess, not the God I serve. No. The problem is, the problem, humanity's not learned how to come under. See, this is a team effort. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. He did his part, now we're learning to submit to what he accomplished and flow with him and see those things manifest. And I'm telling you, the one thing that stands in your way and my way is pride. Pride will stand in our way and keep us from receiving what God intended for us to receive. Now, notice what he said here. I want to finish this, little, this thought. Because, you know, you know, the title of my message today wasn't pride because some of you would have left before I started preaching. <laughs> See, the title of my message is the Father's heart. Everybody say, God is for me. Is for come on, say it again. God is for me. Is for Woo! This message is for you. If, you. if you could come to a place, just you and God, where you realized pride was hurting you and you wanted free of it and, and you really became convinced of that, then the sky's the limit for your life. Amen. You know why pride is so hard? You know why pride is so difficult? Because of everybody else but you. All the people you have to deal with. See, if you just lived on a deserted island somewhere, I mean, who's going to monitor your pride level? <laughs> 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 you could just... Be prideful and nobody would see. Hmm? You don't be affecting anybody. Hmm? The animals wouldn't care. They wouldn't care. The issue is people. Notice what he says Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says the devil's defeated. But who's he looking to devour? those who are in pride he has an open door he has a way in right resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world everybody's going through the same type of things okay everybody say sufferings everybody say it again sufferings verse 10 But may the God of all grace who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, will perfect, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you to God be the glory. After you've suffered for a little while. I read a book years ago by Kenneth E. Hagin out of of, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's gone on to be with Jesus. But I read this book. And he, he, was, he was one of my spiritual fathers in the form of teaching, things that he taught, man, just changed and revolutionized my life. But I got a hold of this book, and I, in the book, I re, he, he said this. He said, I wouldn't be the person that I am today if it hadn't have been for the suffering that I experienced. And I didn't like the word suffering, <laughs> And so I read that and I thought, man, I don't want to finish that book. I, I don't want to read a book about me having to suffer. I'm less God. Jesus died for me that I wouldn't have to suffer. Man, I'm set free. Hmm? I'm liberated and free. They know suffering, you know suffering. And, and and, but those words kind of stuck with me and they were just kind of haunted me for a while, if you will. And over time, I began to realize what that really meant. And I want to look at Hebrews chapter five, and I want to read this these two verses, so that I can make my point here. Verse seven: Who in the days of his flesh, he's talking about Jesus, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, where, where would that experience be? Jesus in tears and crying? Where would that have been? That was in the garden, right? When he went and he took his disciples and they all fell asleep and couldn't hang with him, you know, and, and he's going from tree to tree and from place to place and, and as, he's, as he's praying and crying out to God, he kept saying to the Father, it was mentioned from him, God If there be any other way, if there be any other way. So, he had a different will than the Father. Jesus had a different will than the Father. He had some different thoughts or ideas or he wouldn't have said, God, if there's some other way. But the ultimate, the ultimate act of submission came in that garden when he made this statement. Lord, Father, but not my will, but yours be done. In other words, Jesus had a different will than the Father. Why? Because in those moments in the garden, as he began to sweat drops of blood, he was taking all of the sins and all of of the torment of the enemy to mankind he was taking on himself. And what was happening? He was getting discouraged. He was doubting whether he could handle what was coming his way. He was in fear. Fears were coming against him. And he said, God, not my will, but your will be done. So notice in this passage he says, His tears were to Him who was able to save Him from death and was heard because of His godly fear. Though He was a son, yet He learned obedience by what? By the things that He suffered. He learned obedience by what He went through, by the sufferings. Now, now I'm going to tell you this today. Jesus suffered sickness on the cross so you and I wouldn't. Jesus suffered poverty on the cross so you and I don't have to be in lack. Jesus suffered torment and oppression and depression and the lack of peace and all those things so that you and I wouldn't have. The Bible says the chastisement of his peace, of our peace, was on him and by his stripes we are healed. Everybody say, I'm healed. healed. We're healed. We're healed. So the suffering he's talking about right here for you and I and in 1 in, in Peter, is not the suffering of sickness and disease and the things that he paid for. This is what I believe it is. The suffering that you and I go through for a little while, if we choose for it to be a little while, is the suffering of not getting our way. It's the suffering of not your will, but his will. When you want to be unkind to an unkind person, and you choose to be unkind to somebody that's unkind, that's not his will. When you choose to retaliate when somebody's done you wrong, that's not his will. See, that's meekness, and that's where people think that meekness is weakness. But what it's doing is is it's changing in your thinking how God has intended for you to live on planet earth. He's intended for you to live out the will of His Word which is His way. He's intended for you to live that way and live it out and walk it out day to day in the lives of other people instead of retaliating we're going to do the opposite. Instead of retaliating in in unkindness we're going to walk in love because God is love and that's what He wants ruling in your life. I'm telling you today that's what delivers a person from pride. The suffering that we experience on a day-to-day basis the suffering that we go through on a day-to-day is not getting our way. Jesus said God if there's any other if there's any other way. God, in this situation I face, if there's any other way. But the more I press into Him, and I begin to understand the heart of the Father, and who He really is, and what He's done for me, as I begin to see His heart, that's what begins to rule in me. It's not enough that the Holy Spirit is showing me things in my head, but there's something about Tapping in and submitting and pressing into the heart of the Father causes things to change. That empowers me to overcome what pride produces. Pride is a comfortable word for lots of people. We're proud of this, proud to be an American, proud to be proud to proud to proud to proud to proud. And yet, God resists the proud. And you say, yeah, but that's just a play on words. Is it? Is it? Does one thing affect another thing? Those are things as fathers that we've got to understand in the way we relate to other people because I'm telling you, as a man, as a father, people are watching you. I think in my 26 years of ministry and pastoring that the one relationship that has struggled in most people's lives is the father-child relationship. It's the father-child. And what's come through Jesus Christ is the restoring of the hearts of the fathers back to the children. And how do we do that? Day to day. We do that. You say, well, you know, my children are gone and they've done this and they're somewhere else and, 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 and that, that's just not going to work for me and, and uh, I, I can't." Do it. so you can do it in other people's lives. You, you as, as a child, you say, well, you know, my parent is gone and they've, they're deceased and they're not here anymore. Well, you can, you can submit to other people. You can bring yourself under in relationships with other people and connect with them and honor them and do things that you should do if you didn't do that right before. Wherever, whatever we've done in the past, the Bible says old things are passed away and everything is brand new right now. And I can take situations, everybody has a different set of circumstance and situation, and we can just take the situation we're in right now and begin to move forward. Or we can focus on the past. Paul said, the one thing I do, I forget what's back here, and I press towards what's out here. Amen? And as we're focused on God... And we're focused on a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit revealing to us the heart of the Father and what's His will and desire for us to do. It's amazing how things change. But you know what? It won't change if we don't learn to become consistent day to day. And as you're becoming consistent, you're going to screw up, and then you repent, and you do what's right, and you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. I mean, we've got a book right here that's full of the will of the father and 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 the question the question in my life is you know well i'm just not sure what the will of the father well how much time are you spending in finding out what the will of the father is well i just can't read the bible because your 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 mind is set on the fact that you can't everybody say i can you can do all things through christ who strengthens you you know i mean you, you, there's all kinds of books that are out there today, that are written and, and on, on behalf of learning and growing in the kingdom of God. There's all kinds of books. And you can read the books, but reading a book will not liberate your life. The revelation from God's Word has to become a part of you. Yeah, but I don't, I don't like to read. Start reading. I don't know how I got out of high school. Back in my day, if you got a book that was brand new, they had a tab over the front. And there were several years when the tabs were never broken. I don't know how I passed. Just cheated my way in there, somehow. Somewhere along the road. I mean, I hated to read, and that's what I said. I hated to read. I got born again right before I turned 18, and I started reading the Bible. And I read through it, and read through it, and read through it, and read through it, and I didn't even like to read. You say, well, I don't like to read. Well get a get an audio thing of the Bible, play the Bible, whatever. You know? I mean start somewhere and start making the changes that you need to make so you can press into the heart of God so that when we understand God as a father, things begin to change, right? So we become fathers and not just immature leaders. See, immature leaders in our lives are not concerned about our lives fathers want to see kids grow up and and when i say kids child children whatever age you are in the flesh doesn't mean that's how old you are in the spirit and so whatever age we are in the spirit realm and we're children you you want to connect to somebody that really is about helping you grow so that it can get off on you so you'll help other people grow so we don't live our lives on our own the greatest fear that most people have is that they've got to be in control of their life because if they're not in control of their life, no one else is going to take care of it. I'm telling you, God's got your back. He's got your left and your right. He's got your future at hand, and you've got to be here doing what His will is. Not my will, but His be done. Come on. Give God praise. That's why we're here. Amen? And today, the heart of the Father has got to be in our hearts as fathers. Like I was saying when I first started, I could let my mistakes as a father dictate my future. You can let what your fathers or parents did in your life affect the way your outcome is going to be in the future, and I'm telling you, it won't be good. I'm just telling you right now. You won't leave this planet in a good way if you're constantly blaming people from the past. And I'm telling you today the hatred that I had toward one of my parents because of different reasons the hatred I had I had hatred for one of my parents. And it took me 15 years uh, almost no it took me 12 years after I was born again to get rid of that thing. I kept working on it. And I'd go back. I kept working on it. And I'd go back to it. I'd revert back to that unforgiveness and that hatred and the blaming her for things that, that weren't right. I'm blaming, blaming, and blaming. Becky and I got married. I wouldn't even let her come to, to, to my, my, my wedding. I wouldn't let her be a part of that because of, because of what I was holding on to. And one day, one day, I got free. And you know what happened that day? And this is is where we have to be so so aware of how the enemy uses things against us. When 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 I got free and I was able to go to her and really talk to her about her, you know what I found out? That some of the things that she did that she couldn't do for me, that she couldn't be there for me when I was younger, was a result of things that had been done to her. Just liberated my life. Huh? Then I began to be there for her. And the last 20 years of her life or more before she passed this, this she passed this year, we had a great relationship. And she got born again. And I mean, just amazing things can happen when you look past what people have done, and you begin to realize as God reveals to you their hearts. You know what? She did the best she could for me. The best. She did the best she could. And I was able to be there for her in the last 25 or however many years of my life. I was, be, I was able to be there for her to help her through some things that happened to her when she was a young person that nobody helped her in. Oh, what a great. Yeah. When you get the heart of the Father like that, you don't you don't focus on what other people have done to you. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter what people have done. Old things are passed away, and everything is new today. Then people can watch you and and, and they can hear what you've done and they can see the things you do and they can follow after that. Ah, what a way to live. Hmm? What a way to live. And I want to end with this to have yeah, I got five. We're going to end the service today in, a, in a, just in a few minutes, and we have a baptism service afterwards. We're going to break for about fifteen minutes. You're welcome to stay if you want to. If you don't, we'd totally understand. Where is that going? Psalm 23. I love this psalm. Psalm 23. <sighs> David said, "For the Lord." is my shepherd, and I shall not want. The Father is my shepherd. He's my leader, and I will not want. One translation says, for any good thing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, your word and your spirit, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, surely, say it, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So good to be in the house of the Lord. You know, this is the house of the Lord only because you're here. Right? Otherwise, it's just a building. But we come here and we meet here and, 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 and it's the house of God and we come together because we're the house of God. I will dwell in that place. I will dwell doing His will. I will dwell in, in, in accomplishing and pleasing Him all the days of my life. Why? He causes my cup to run over. He causes me to lie down in green pastures to be at peace. When, when, When there's no peace around and when most people are stirred up and upset and frustrated, He brings peace. That's the heart of the Father. See, all these things that He brings comes from you and I pressing into Him, developing our relationship with Him and understanding who He is so we can leave the things of the past and live in today and press toward the future. Can you say amen? amen? You know, today as we, as we end, um, as, as fathers here today, I'm telling you that by the Spirit of God that you can do more than you think you can do. You're better than you think you are. It doesn't matter what others have said or people have said, I'm telling you, you are who God says you are. And you can, I, I, could, I could go through, a, you know, a hundred different scriptures right now telling you who you are. You're the head and you're not the tail. Amen. Think about that as the Father's speaking that to you. You're my boy and I'm proud of you. The Father looked at Jesus and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm telling you, as fathers today, He's saying that to you. He's well pleased with you today. You can do more than you think. You're the head, you're not the tail. You're up up here and you're not underneath. The only way that you're underneath is when you bring yourself under the mighty hand of God and you're strengthened and He causes you to overcome and to be all that He created you to be. And you'll suffer for a little while not having your way and learning to make changes. But in the end... He confirms and He strengthens and He establishes you and He settles you. Hmm? He settles you. That's where I want to be. I want to be settled. Same all the time. Not up and down and up and down and up and down and in and out and whatever. I want to be the same all the time. And relationship with the Father brings that. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank You for this great day, this Father's Day.